Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. series called the Big Ten, the Ten Commandments. And I know you've been standing and you've been celebrating and now you're tired and you want to sit down, but I want to ask you to stand one more time with me in honor of God's Word. Would you do that one more time? And we're going to read the Ten Commandments together. And again, it is so good to see all of you in God's house today. Let's read the first one. You ready? Come on. Or let's read them all. You ready? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images. Thou shalt not take the name, name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Honor thy father and thy mother. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, wife, or possessions. Amen, everybody? Amen. You may be seated. You know, I, uh, we've been going through the Ten Commandments. We talked about the first three already. If you missed those, you can catch those online at our website. Today, I'm going to skip down to number five, um, and we'll get catch number four next week. But since it's Father's Day, I thought it would be appropriate to go ahead and talk about the fifth commandment of honoring your father and your mother. And so today as we begin, I want you to know that I'm going to read, I'll read the commandment again, but I'm going to read in a different translation. I'm having us say the Ten Commandments in the King James translation because that's what many of us heard coming up and learning kids' church. But I want to break it down to you in a different translation of the Bible. And so uh, the NIV says this about the Fifth Commandment. Exodus 20 and 12 says this, Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. So it's a commandment with a promise that you're going to live long if you honor your parents. Now, I know that my parents told me if I did not honor them, I would not live long. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Maybe they told you that as well. You know, someone said that, uh, said having a, uh, having a large, close-knit family is wonderful when they live in another city. (laughs) <laughs> also, someone else said this, said, you know, said having family is like fudge, said uh, it's real sweet at times and a few nuts. <laughs> we can all attest to that, right? <laughs> if you can't think of who the nuts in your family is, you're it. <laughs> yep. Someone said, if you, don't believe in gl- if you don't believe in ghosts, you have not attended a family reunion. Okay, that wasn't quite as funny. Then the last one I'll give you is this. It says, insanity is hereditary. You can get it from your children. (laughs) Amen and amen and amen, right? They will drive you crazy. Drive you crazy. And I say all that because, you know, now that I'm uh, at the season of my life, I'm thinking about how my parents must have felt about me. 
that guy's going to drive us crazy, you know? He must have thought that. When we say honor your father and mother, we're taught this principle of honor. Honor means to respect, to reverence, to hold them up. And when, we honor, when, we're, when we're taught to honor our father and mother, you know, at a small age, it teaches us that there is this respect that we are to give people. And that this respect that for God, that, you know, that when we become uh, respectful of our parents, we become respectful of God, then it makes it possible for us to have a society that's law-abiding people that respect one another, amen? That we honor each other. And that's what, that's what we need is respect. Is that I respect you, you respect me, but more than all, we both respect God Almighty, amen, and His Word. And that's what honor means. It means to honor and so today I want to tell you that when God speaks of honoring our fathers and our mothers, the reason that we do, he does that is because uh, fathers and mothers are to, are to set the climate in the, in the home. You know, dads, listen, we don't like people messing with the thermostat, do we? Anybody? Okay, all right. That's a, anybody besides me, like, yeah, you're afraid to move right now. It's Father's Day. You don't want to cause any problems at your home, but... But I'm just saying, like, in our house, you know, Ron, it's like one of the things that we like, you know, we like, no, no, that's, I, I get control of that until I leave the room. <laughs> right? I love this. You know, we got one with the app, you know, it's, it's, man, I can just change that thing on my phone. And, and it's amazing how that when I get, you know, I have it all set just like I want it. But Rhonda's got that override button. <laughs> she uses it as well. Listen to what the Bible says in uh, Ephesians about um, children obeying your parents. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. Again, we are to set the climate in our home. And, 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 you know, as parents, we're to set the climate in our home. We're, we're not to be thermometers. We're to be thermostats. Amen? A, a thermometer just gives you a reading of the temperature, but a thermostat sets the temperature. Amen? And that's what God has called us to be, is to be the, to be the thermostat, to, to set the climate in our home. So I want to talk to you about how to set the climate in your home today. All right? So I want to give you three things today. The first one in order to set the climate in your home, number one is this, is build trust in your family. Build trust in your family. I read this week uh, from a psychologist, his name is Eric Erickson. And it, he said this, he said that when he uh, works with children, the psychi psychiatric help of children, and what he said is by the age of two, children have already learned that they can trust their parents. That already this trust factor has already been established by two. And so by the age of two, they're all of a sudden, are, are, they're going to feel trust. They're going to feel the trust in their home or all of a sudden anxiety is going to begin to build. From the age of two years old, it already starts. Trust is, trust is so important in our homes. We need to be able to trust one another. Amen? Listen, let me tell you something. I, you know, 26 years ago when I became the pastor of this church, I was 26 at that time. Hey, I had hair back then. That's, okay, that's how long ago it was. And, and there was a man that said to me one time, he said, Jeff, I see you working very hard, but I want to tell you something. He said, you're working these long hours. You've got to always remember this. When all is said and done, the only thing you've got 
is that wife of yours? And I only had one child at that time and said, that, that son you got, you make sure to take care of your family. Because listen, and he was honest. He said, you know what? I'm here with you, and I think you're a great guy. And, you know, I might be here the rest of my life, but pro- I probably won't be like everybody else. I've been around this long enough. And he said, so you know what? So when I'm gone, they're going to be here. And when these other people that, you know, you've given your life for, when they're gone, they're going to be there. Make sure you take care of your family. Amen? And and so I I say that to you because we need to be able to trust each other in our homes. You see, trust is the foundation of family. Amen? He said, I got to know that I can count on you. And trust is, a, trust is in the middle of all. Without trust, there is no love. You, you know, the, right in the middle of, of, of love is trust. You've got to be able to trust. And that's why the Bible tells us that we can trust God. Look what it says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says this. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Remember the Lord in all you do, and he will what? Give you what? He'll give you success. And here's what I've understood is you cannot give what you do not have. You know what? If you have not received trust, if you do not trust somebody, there is no way that you can be a trusting person. Did you hear that? If you don't, if you don't, if you have not, if if you don't trust somebody, then you will never be able to give trust to everybody else. You'll be an untrusting person until you actually receive trust. And that's why I tell you, you can trust God. Amen. Is that you need to know, and until you lean into your relationship with God, who he's perfect and he never fails and he'll never let you down. You may wonder where he's at many times, but we always understand that that God is working when we can't see anything happening. Amen. We trust God. And you lean into God. I I was just talking to to a man earlier who said that when the pandemic hit and there was crisis going on in his work, he said, I got to share my faith because I got to tell the people I work with that, hey, listen, I appreciate you, but I I don't trust in this company and I don't trust in you. I trust in the Lord. Amen. And and that's what matters. That's what matters is trusting God. I want to tell you that I struggle with trust. I have struggled with trust. When I, um, I, I told you about me ending up going to a counselor and, and sitting down, and, 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 you know, I was so interested because I wanted to get better. When, you, when you're fighting uh, depression and you're fighting anxiety and panic attacks and all the things that can happen, is that you want to get better. And so I would go in with my little notebook. I'd been to this counselor about three times, and all of a sudden he said, Jeff, I think I figured out the root of your problem. Like, I got my notebook. All right, tell me. I want it. Give it to me. And when I got my notebook, my pen ready, and he he said, here it is, Jeff. He said, the the bottom line. I said, okay. He says, here it is. You don't trust anybody, and you don't trust God. Put my pen down and said, how dare you say that? Because every morning I get up before 6 a.m., and I read my Bible and I pray. I'm a tither. I'm a pastor. I love people. I help people. Don't you tell me I don't trust God. He said, I'm telling you, the bottom line is that you don't trust God and you don't trust anybody else. You know what I did? Got me another counselor. <laughs> Just kidding. That's what some of you do, right? You don't like what your doctor says. You get you another doctor. You don't like what this pastor says. You go get you another pastor, Right? That's the way our world works. But no, I got mad. I left. I went home. I said, I ain't, in my mind, I ain't coming back here again. But when I got home, I realized and thought about it. He was right. 
and I had not trusted God. There's an area in my life that I had not trusted God with. And I realized that, and I repented of that. I asked God to forgive me, and, and I said, God, if you'll forgive me of this. And, Lord, I've been, I've been this way my whole life. I was about 38 or 39 years old then. And I said, but, God, if you'll help me, I want to give this to you. And every day I would get out and I'd pray. I'd say, God, I give this area to you. I trust you with it. Lord, it's yours. And you know what? Once I begin to trust God, I become more trusting as to, you know, of, of, of my family. And I become more trusting of our staff. And I become more trusting of the pastor. And didn't feel like that I had to watch everybody. Amen? You know, when, you be, when I become a pastor, they said, listen, you, when you become a pastor, you keep people out here. You keep them out here because they'll hurt you. Well, you know what? They, that became true. There, there's pro, there have been people through my journey that, that have hurt me. But for every person that's hurt me, there's been a thousand that's loved me. Amen? <laughs> Thousands love me. You can't, you, can't do, you can't live life like this and be happy. You just cannot. You can, live, you can try with the wall up there, but I'm telling you what, it's worth letting the wall down and trusting God with all of your heart and trusting people. Yes, there's some that's going to offend you. There's some that's going to hurt you, but let me tell you, there's thousands that want to love you and help you and, and, and be, bless you. So why don't you just learn to trust God and trust everybody else? Amen? Amen. The Bible says this. The Bible says, Hebrews 13, give honor to marriage and remain faithful to the one, uh, remain faithful to one another. God will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery. Don't love money. He didn't say, he didn't say don't have money. He said don't be in love with it. Amen? Amen. Money is not evil. It's when you fall in love with it that it becomes evil. Amen? Don't have an affair with money. Okay, there we go. We'll move on. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said this. This is what he said. Listen, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. So we say with what, everybody? With confidence. What do we say? The Lord is my helper. Amen. Let's say that, everybody. The Lord is my helper. Say it again. The Lord is my helper. Say it again. The Lord is my helper. So I will have no fear. Amen. Why? Because what can mere people do to me? Amen. You only trust God because you know that God's always going to be there, right? He's going he's to be there in the good times. He'll be there in the bad times. He'll be there in the mediocre times. God will always be there. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And once you really believe that, that God is with you from the birth until you leave this world and he takes you into glory, that he will never leave you. And when it's your time to leave this earth, then I want to tell you, your last breath here, and your, your last breath here will be, he will take your hand and he will lead you into his kingdom forever and ever if you're a Christ follower. Amen? Amen? God's got you. That's what I want you to know, that he's got you. He's got you. You see, let me tell you something. The reason that we can love God is because he doesn't leave us. And let me tell you something. You will never build trust in your home as long as you're threatening to leave. I don't know of one family that's trusting when mom or dad is always saying, well, I don't have to put up with this. I can leave. I don't know any trust in when a teenager is telling mom or dad, I don't have to put up with this. I can run away. I don't know any family that grows in trust when someone's threatening to leave, everybody. Amen? No, no, no. You don't tell your spouse, well, I can do better than you. Oh, oh, oh. You see, that's what the world says. 
Do you know what? The average length of a marriage in America is 8.2 years. The average length of a marriage. Because people have said, you know what? I can live without you. Let me tell you something. That's pride to the fullest. You know what? You know what humility is? It's saying, I can't think of living without you. Amen? And that's what we need to grow trust in our homes, everybody. All right, number two, let me give you this. How to set the, we're talking about how to set the climate in your home. Number two is give your family members a hug. Oh, yeah, there you go. Some of you just leaned in then. There you go. That's good. Give your family members a hug. One, I read of this, uh, there was a study that was done and found out that one-third of, of, of the five million receptors that you have in your body are in your hand. One-third of, one of the five million touch receptors in the human body are found in the hand. And you know what happens is uh, uh, they did a study at UCLA and discovered this, that everybody needs eight to ten touches a day. We need someone to touch us eight to ten times a day. And you know that, that matter of fact, that, that healing comes through touching. They, they did this study and found out that, that when someone touches you, all of a sudden that oxygen, you begin, oxygen begins to flow in your body more rapidly. Your, your heart rate goes up and it begins to bring oxygen through your body and brings healing to the area in your body that needs healing. That may, doesn't that make sense that that's why Jesus, when he healed people, he touched them? Isn't that amazing? Isn't that, isn't that amazing that, that when there was a leper that, that, had a, that was a guy that had a skin disease and it was so bad and it was so contagious that, that he, was, he would have to yell out. He'd see you coming way away and says, I got leper, I'm a leper, I'm a leper. You know what? It would have been like someone right now who has, has the coronavirus. When we see them realize, hey, I got, the, I got the virus, coronavirus, coronavirus. We would go, okay, see you later. Right? That's the same way. It was contagious. But Jesus walked right up to the leper. What did he do? He laid his hand on him and he healed him. He touched him. Why? Because that man hadn't been touched in years. And you see, I think some of the greatest issues that we got right now, why are so many people going crazy? Why, why are there so many killings and so many things that are happening like we have not seen in a long time? I'll tell you why. Because people have been so isolated and like, don't touch me. They need a healing hand. Amen. They need someone to shake their hand. They need someone to put their arms around and say, you are loved. You're needed. Amen. All the non-turchy people said, oh, please pass on, Pastor. You need a hug. You need a hug. It's healing. Someone asked a question one time, said, uh, why in the world did Peter deny Jesus? You know, because he said, because Jesus went in and laid his hands on his mother-in-law and healed her. <laughs> That's bad right there. That's bad. And by the way, I love my mother-in-law. Just want to say. Yeah, yeah, just saying that. All right, here we go. Look what the Bible says, Matthew, uh, Mark 10, 16. And he took the children in his arms. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble over that one. And he took the children in his arms and put his hands on them and blessed them. Notice what Jesus did. Jesus touched. He knew that there was healing in touch. And I just want to say this. A good hug in our family, especially in our family, says it's okay. 
And a good hug in our family says that I got you back. And a good hug in our family says, you know what, we're in this together. A good hug in our family says that, you know what, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna be all right. It's going to be all right. It'll be okay. And the greatest thing that we could do in our home is, is grab some people in our family and just squeeze them today. Matter of fact, why don't, you should try that before you get out of this building today to, with your family. Somebody right here. Here we go. That's right. Don't, you know what I say? Don't bug me, hug me. That's right. Don't bug me, hug me. That's right. You know what? Because it's healing. And, and, and our family needs affection. Listen, I never want my children to come into my home and leave my home without me hugging them. Because you, I can try to say all the kind, the right words, and I can try to say things to encourage them. But there's nothing. You know, a hug says a lot more than I can ever say. It just says, Daddy's here, and Dad loves you no matter what. Amen, everybody? That's what a hug says. It communicates that. It communicates that. Don't bug me, hug me. <laughs> we all need people in our lives to touch us. That, that's why, you know what, that you have healing power in your hands. When you shake someone's hand, there's something that happened. It brings oxygen to that person's life. It brings spiritual, spiritual uh, health to their body. When, when you're a spiritual person, they, they can feel the love of God in a handshake. Amen? And that's what I love about SCC. See, we understand that people need life around here. We understand our community needs life. We understand you need life. And that's why all of our impact team people are, are people that give life support. Amen? That they're the life support machine. That when you shake someone's hand, you're giving them life. When you hug someone's neck, you're giving them life. And right now, I thank God that, that there's, there's life support going on in our nurseries right now because there's some people there that love babies that are holding their babies. And then babies can't speak a word, but they feel the love of God But those people that's rocking them. Amen? They feel that. Our children right now that are in the preschool area, you know what? They may not can all talk so clearly, but they understand love that's coming from those people that are, that are there with them right now. And those, those, teenage, those teenagers that gather here on Sunday evenings, those people that come and that are sponsored that, and that love them and, and come in and say, we want you to know that the world may tell you that you're nothing and social media may be putting you down, but I want you to know that God loves you and we love you too. We are life support. Amen. You don't have to be like everybody else and you don't have to, your, your life is valuable and you matter. The world may say you don't matter and it may say there's no hope, but I want to tell you what, you look at us because we got God in us and we want you to know you matter. Amen. You matter. We want every teenager to know you matter. You matter to God and you matter to us and, and your life's valuable. We want every young adult to know you matter. You're not overlooked that you matter to God and you matter to us. Amen. Amen. Well, you matter. You matter. And the way they know that is when we shake their hands. And I never, ever want to let a young person go by. I know when I'm standing out here talking to you and I see a, a child go by or a young person, I'm sorry, it's rude for me to say, hey, how you doing while I'm talking to you? But I never want a young person to, to walk into our church and not know that they matter to God and they matter to us, amen? They matter. They matter. They got to know it. 
And so we are life support, and I want to encourage you to go to Grow Track. I say this every week. Why? Because that's where you sign up and you get on the life support team. Amen. Whether it's, whether it's in our church or in our community, we need, we need people that just be life support. Shake a hand, amen? And so would you please, if you have not gone to growth track, pull out this card and just check it. We'll send you the information. Number three is this. Oh, oh, this is so good. How to set the climate in your home. And number three is bring your family up in the Lord. Bring your family up in the Lord. We're to bring our families up, not put them down. Amen? Bring them up. Bring them up. Bring your family up in the Lord. Look what the Bible says. Again, going back to Ephesians 6 and 4. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children, but instead, what's these next three words? Let's read them out loud. Bring them up. Bring them up, bring them up, bring them up. Bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. Honor starts. You know how you, you bring someone is the way that you speak to that person. You see, the way we honor people is how we talk to them. It's respectful. Amen. We need to learn to talk with respect anymore. Amen? Amen. You need to learn to talk with respect. And let me just tell you something. I don't understand all the slang terms that these young people use. I don't. But I appreciate them. You know what? I was trying to, I went to the Arby's the other day. Rhonda, I went through the drive-thru and I handed the, the guy my thing. And I said, listen, I'm sorry, I couldn't understand you on the speaker. He said, that's all right. He said, that's all right, bro, we straight. <laughs> I don't. I said, I I guess that's good. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea, but I'm glad <laughs> to know that. Change your tone, change your home. Amen? See, we always say at SEC, if you don't like what you're seeing, watch what you're saying. Listen, in your family, if you don't like what you're seeing, watch what you're saying. Listen, let me tell you something, young person. If you don't like what you're seeing your parents, maybe you need to watch what you're saying to them. Parents, if you don't like what you're seeing in your teenagers or children, maybe you need to watch what you're saying. If you don't like what you're seeing in your marriage, maybe you need to watch what you're saying. You know, if you don't like what you're, if you don't like what you're seeing in your church, you need to watch what you're saying. Amen? Watch what you're saying. Watch what you're saying. If you don't like what you're seeing. Children, let me tell you something. No matter how old you are, your parents need to hear some things from you. They need to hear this from you. No matter how old you are, they need to hear that I love you and I appreciate you. Every parent in this room, every dad, you want to make a dad's day today? Let me tell you something. Thank you for maybe you're going to a meal with them. Thank you. They're probably going to have to pay. But anyways, thank you. <laughs> That's right. My daughter said, Dad, I'm coming to see you on Father's Day. I'll be, be in the second service with you today. But we'll go to lunch. I know what that means. You paying. <laughs> so that's okay. That's okay. We don't mind. We will pay. But just look at us and say, I love you. I know you say, well, we're not that kind of family. We'll become that kind of family. 
Listen, don't, don't, sta- don't stand over a casket and say everything you want to say then. Say it now. Amen. Amen. My grandmother used to say, give me my flowers while I'm alive. Go ahead. And they need to say, I appreciate you. Because, listen, your parent, there's no perfect parent. Your parent is not perfect. The only perfect parent is God, and he had screwed up children. So give yourself a break. Amen. Parents, your children need to hear you say this, is that I'm always going to love you no matter what, and I'm always going to believe in you no matter what. That's what every child wants to hear. And I would share with you that we have to share our faith with our children. Share them. Notice what he said in, in Ephesians 6 and 10. He says this. He said, be strong. Be strong in the Lord and, and in his mighty power. This next generation will not be strong if they don't have the Lord. It's our faith and confidence in the, in the Lord that we can look, we can look sin in the eye and say, I don't have to have you. And it's, a, it's our faith and, and confidence in the Lord that no matter what comes our way, that we have confidence, we can look things for every problem in the eye and say, listen, you may kill me, but you can't take my life because I've given it to him. Amen. It, they need that confidence to know that God's got me no matter what. They need that. Tell your stories of faith. Tell your stories of faith. I started thinking about this this week, and I started thinking about our staff. Listen, the story of Tawny Keller and her husband, Brandon, she was a lady, our executive pastor here. She and her husband, they moved here. He was an atheist. You've heard his story. And now I was thinking about his, his daughter, Carly, who's, who's about to go off to college and go into a Christian college because she wants to get a degree because she wants to go in ministry. I think they, listen to that story. It's because of what God done in them that she's doing what she's doing. Amen. I started, I started thinking about our, our pastor Chesney and, and her husband, Danny, who Danny sings up here. And, and I started thinking about their story, how that Danny's mother was on the way to an abortion clinic. And, and she just didn't have enough money because she was late term. And, and so she couldn't have the abortion. It was God that stopped that. It was God that got her. And he's here because of God. Amen. Look at him. I started thinking about that. And Pastor Chris, I, I've known Pastor Chris almost all of his life and how, how there's so many things that have come against his family. And, and they never, I remember him being a, one of those little punk teenagers. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? Like one of those, like, and never, he was hard to get. But look what God has done, amen? And look, the prayers of his grandmother have come to fruition. I'm, God is working, everybody. I remember my own story, our story with Caitlin, our daughter. We never want to forget this, that when Rhonda was expecting her, that how that Rhonda was having a miscarriage. And then she was, you know, she was having all these issues and, and we thought it's over. She's lost the baby. And so she goes to the doctor the next day, this fertility specialist said, no, it's, the baby's still there. And we're going to try everything we can to keep her. And, 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 and as Rhonda began to go through that pregnancy, about four months into it, the doctor said, Rhonda, you may have cancer. You, you may be going to be dead next year. And, and the baby, we don't know. But I'm telling you, nine months later, God gave us a baby. Amen. 
and Rhonda doesn't have cancer. I'm telling you, it's God Almighty, amen? He's working in your family. He's working in your family. He's working in your family. And He's working in your family. Never let your children forget that God's at work in this family, amen? You don't ever forget that. God's doing something. Would you stand with me, everybody? If you're not a Christ follower today, you need Jesus. I know I'm sorry I'm getting a little crazy today, but I'm done. You need Jesus, everybody. You need Him. And if there's anything that I could do for you, I, well, the best thing I could do for you is say, receive Jesus. Right now, just ask Him, dear Lord Jesus, come alive life and save me. I need you. And He will change your family tree. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.